that is the God that we serve you see and we should be saying that to him every in every situation let's try our best we don't hold certain things or put a boundary or barrier around certain things and say ah God no this is me this is mine I think I'm not sure I can let you into this this is the very deep recesses of my life of my heart and that's where I alone go we try sometimes to put barriers or boundaries around certain issues or situations or areas of our lives that we don't want anyone else, not even God, to go into. But you see, we need to release it unto him. Release it, for he has a plan for each and every one of us. That plan is of good and not of evil. You see, of a future and of a hope to prosper us, to bring us to an expected end. He has mapped out the end, and that end is one of victory. You see, he has a plan. You see, this morning, in a minute, we'll be talking about Gideon. It's a very interesting scripture. Gideon didn't think much about himself. He didn't. He didn't think much about himself at all. And so, um, when the Lord gave him an assignment... He didn't think he was the right person. He didn't think he was the right fit. But who determines who's the right fit? Who determines who's the right person? It's not the arm of flesh. It's not us human beings who should actually determine whether or not a person is or is not fit for a particular role. It's only God who can do this. And God surprises us all the time. You see the people he will use. You see the kind of things that he will do. You see, his wisdom is such that it confounds us, even so much so that his, his foolishness, in quotes, is greater than the wisest person we can put out, not even Solomon. You see, the wisdom of Solomon came from above. How else would he be able to judge the people of Israel like he did? It was from God. That was what he asked God for, and God gave it to him, a wisest person. But even that came nowhere near what God does, what we may consider foolishness. Let's look at a typical example. Jericho, 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 Jericho. Huge walls, impossible situations. Walls that they drove chariots across, right over. It tells you the thickness of it and the the height of the wall. And yet, what did God do? Oh, we're not going to break down this wall. Just do what I say, just obey. You see, the key is obedience. Obedience. All he said was, march around the city. Can you imagine how foolish the Israelites looked to the people of Jericho? What are these people doing? What are they doing just marching around us? Do they think they can just do this and we're going to let them in or they're going to take us down? But you see, they kept going. I'm sure there must have been murmuring in the background. Oh, what is this? Why are we marching? Yeah, we've marched one day. Why do we keep marching? They marched. They were obedient. You see, the natural mind, to the natural mind, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. You're going to take a city, a city-state. In those days, those cities, many of those cities had huge walls around them, their boundaries. And the idea will be to break down, find a way of breaking down the wall, breaching it in some point. But what you don't do is march around it because there's no way 
your march is going to bring that wall down or cause you to be victorious against that city. It doesn't make sense in the natural mind. But God had a way. He had a plan. They marched, kept going, and you see, it wasn't just that. They had to be silent. You see, there are so many voices in the world as we go about our lives. You see, we must incline our ear to hear the voice of the Lord. We must have our antennae tuned to the voice of God. We must be tuned to, to the right channel. Otherwise, we'll keep hearing things. You see, sometimes when you face challenges, you hear all kinds of, no, 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 that's it. This is going to take you down. No, you can't do anything about it. That's it. That's it. No more. And you see, you can hear that play over and over again in your mind. You're picking that up. But you see, God says, we need to tune into him. You see, whether we ten- when those situations come, they face us, whether we turn to the left or to the right, what we need to do is that our ears should clearly hear the voice of the Lord declaring, this is the way, walk in it. That is the way the Lord has preordained. That's the way that we need to walk in at all times. That's what he's saying to us. Who are we listening to? Where do we have our ears tuned to? Who do we have our ears tuned to? Is it what the world is saying? Is it what man is saying? Is it what some government is saying? Is it what others are saying? Even friends, dare I say it, even relations, sometimes they can put you off. But you see, you must know whom you serve and who you listen to. And you see, Jesus even said, my sheep know my voice. So then we must know his voice. And when he speaks, we must be obedient. Do what he's asking us to do. Because ultimately what he says, what he asks us to do is what brings us that victory. It's what the Lord says that takes us into our victory. Not what anyone else says. We must remember, hear the voice of the Lord clearly. Now, the march round Jericho. First day, went, kept going on. The last day, that was even worse. They had to do it not once, but seven times in that day. I'm sure by this time, they must be going crazy, thinking, what's going on here? We've done this for this long. And you know, interesting, let me pause there. I packed that to one side. Human beings are such that we want instant results, don't we? Well, I can speak for myself. I don't know about you. Many a times, we want it now. We want it and we want it now. We cannot. We've been trained such that we don't want to wait. But there are certain things that we, in fact, in all our lives, we should wait on the Lord, seek his face, seek his direction, and then take a move. Because if you don't do that, you can step out wrongly. You can step out into the wrong path. You see, life has many paths, many directions. And before we make a move, we must seek his face. We must have our ears tuned so that when we step out, we're stepping out to the right place, the right channel, the right direction. He will lead us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. You see, his word says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You see, so if he goes before you, are you seeing him? Are you following the path that he's going? Or are you following the path that he's asked you to follow? 
Or are you doing your own little thing? Are you going with the Lord? Are you walking with the Lord? You see, the song, now I've just, something has just come to my mind. The song has just come to my mind. I'm sorry you have to forgive me, but today I'm a best into song from time to time. You see, it says, when you walk with the Lord. When you walk with the Lord in the light of his word. What a glory he sheds on our way. When we do his good will, he abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no But to trust and obey. You see, so we must learn to step out in faith, in trust. Trust the Lord because he will not lead us astray. You see, that's what the song is reminding us to do. Trust and obey. What does he say? What is he saying? Okay, he's saying, do this. Go left. Hmm, Lord, I'm not sure. But You see, we must have a situation where we'll have a nevertheless attitude. It doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem accurate. It doesn't seem correct. Nevertheless, at thy word. You see, what is the word of the Lord to you, to me? We must have that nevertheless attitude. Hmm, well, this doesn't seem, in my eyes, to the natural man, to me, my my natural self, that direction doesn't seem right to me. That's where I want to go. Why do you want me to go that way? You see, I want to go there. My eyes are telling me that's the way. I need to be there. God is saying, go this way. He has a reason. You see, because if sometimes if you were to go directly that way, there could be obstacles, there could be lions, there could be situations, issues that could take you down. But you see, sometimes he takes you this way to circumvent and come at them at an angle that they're not expecting and defeat your enemy, then you go forward. That's what God has planned for us. See, so, but you see, the natural man is saying, that's where I want to go. Why is God asking me to go this way? And if we miss it, and do not trust and obey, and go do our own thing, go our own way, there will be trouble, because you may take a few steps and find that there is a block, there is a wall, you are stuck, you can't move anymore, you can't move further. And the very thing that you thought should take you a few days, a few weeks, a few months, you find that you're stuck in it. You could be stuck in it for months, for years. That's because we've been disobedient, we've not trusted him at his word, so we're there, we're just there, we can't move. And it's interesting, you find that the very thing that you didn't want to do, after wasting all the time there, being stuck, you have to come back and go that way to your victory. That's the God we serve. We I'm not saying that we shouldn't question God. We can't question God because you can see from here what Gideon did. Gideon had been told that he was mighty man of valor. Who, me? In his mind, a mighty man of valor would not be sitting at some stones grinding corn. Can you imagine that? 
He was grinding corn. The mystery that they were going through at the time had reduced him to that. He was grinding corn. And there was this angel telling him, Thou mighty man of valor. Are you talking to me? Yes, it was him that the Lord was referring to. He couldn't believe it. He wouldn't accept it. So what did he say? That if it was truly God, what God was saying was true, then please God, don't be angry with me, but I need you to prove something. Can you let the dew fall over the grass? All over the grass, except for the cotton on the grass. Let dew fall all over the grass. Let's take this uh, instance. So we have this. We have the dew falling on this. Or the podium. Okay, let's use this. We have the dew falling all over there, except for this speaker. Now, that seems impossible, doesn't it? I mean, if dew is falling, nothing gets in its way. There's a blanket over everything. And even after God had done that, the wool was not wet. He still had doubts. It's okay to have doubts. Let's go to God with our doubts. Let's speak to him with our doubts. Let's speak to him because he knows He knows what we've been through, what we are being through, what we're going through. Because Jesus went through the same things. He became flesh, so he understands, and he's our mediator. He understands. It's not something that will be like count against us. No, that is not the kind of God. He's not a God sitting there ticking. Okay, tick box that. Yes, you did this today. No. So you got an X there. Yes, you did this. Get a tick. He didn't do this, you get an X. No, come to him just as you are. Present it to him. Your worries, your fears, he hears. He hears it all and he makes a way for you. He will guide you, he will lead you. He will never leave you, he will never forsake you. You see, so Gideon, in his doubt, said, I don't believe this. I cannot be a mighty man of valor. I cannot be chosen by God to do this. So, he said, oh, well, maybe, you know, he still had doubts. Hmm, God, maybe this was, this just happened. It just happened. So, um, God, uh, I still have an issue. I'm sorry I'm coming back to you over this thing again. Can we do it this way now? Can you let the dew just fall on the cotton and not the rest of the field? So, uh, the dew had to fall, in this instance, only on this speaker and not the rest of this. That is what would get him to believe that it was God speaking and God directing him. Again, God did it. Isn't he a wonderful God? In spite of all the challenge, he did it. He wanted him to believe that it was him who had chosen him, who had directed, who was directing him. And you see, this was a foretaste, a forerunner of what was to come. Because as we go on further on in the scripture, we'll find that God asked him to choose people that he would lead in battle against the Amalekites, I believe. And he wasn't interested in huge numbers. God wanted him to see that it was him who was behind this. It was him who was doing all this. No one else, nothing else but him. 
You see, so God did it again. This time, the dew fell just on the cotton, and the grass was dry. Hmm. I'm sure he must have been scratching his head, thinking, ah, how could this be? You see, it's, it's, the, it's the how can this be kind of miracle. That is a miracle. How can, it, how can the dew fall over the entire area and leave a small ball of cotton untouched, very dry? And then it's reversed the next day. This time, there is no dew anywhere else but on the cotton. That's a miracle. And it's a, what is this kind of miracle? You see, we must get to the point where we can say, God, I don't know. Can you direct me? I want to know something. And we must get to the point where God will reveal something to us that will sit back and say, yes. You see, we must get to the point where we'll say, yes. The Lord has done it. Look what the Lord has done. You see, we must get to the point where we can truly say, look what the Lord has done. Whatever it is in our lives, we must be able to turn and say, look what the Lord has done. Look how far he's brought me. You see, because he is not the God who will bring you to a point and leave you. He hasn't brought you this far to leave you. But he's working on you to bring you to the place of your ultimate victory. That's the kind of God we serve. So, Joshua now was on fire. He was given an assignment. He had to pull down the areas of worship of Baal. You see, he was afraid. But he still did it. He did it afraid. That's the point we need to come to. The point of no return. In spite of the situation, in spite of the circumstances, do it. If the Lord says do it, do it. Even if you're afraid, do it. Do it afraid. That will bring you your victory. You see, because God is part of that journey. He's leading you. He's leading us. He's guiding us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. That is his word. You see, no matter what the challenges, the obstacles, he doesn't fail. We may have been through the fire, as Psalm 66, 12, 13 declares. We have been through the fire, the water. Our heads may have been ridden over. But you, O Lord, have brought us out into our wealthy place. That is the kind of God we serve. No matter the challenges, the difficulties, the opposition. You see, he still takes us through. And he brings us out victorious. Typical example, the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They refused to bow to the God of Nebuchadnezzar. They were thrown into the fiery furnace. You see, they annoyed the king so much that they increased the temperature a notch. So I'm not sure what the king was thinking, that he was going to burn them twice over because of the heat. I, I don't get it. But he was so annoyed. You see, sometimes he can be so angry I'm going to really show them. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. You, in your anger, you do the right thing, the wrong thing. He increased the temperature of the furnace and threw them in, thinking, oh, yeah, they're just going to melt in a few seconds because I've really increased it. 
<laughs> and you know what happened? The very person putting them in was the first to be killed. Bam, he was dead. He was gone because of the heat. Now, the people at whom he had aimed the increased temperature, the increased pressure, you see, they were under tremendous pressure. The fear of increased fire and also not knowing whether their trust in God would actually see them through. They did it afraid. They did it afraid. They still declared that they would not bow to any other God but the God whom we serve. Look at the words that they said. Even if God didn't save them, they would still not bow. That is the kind of, God, what, the kind of thing God wants from us. The nevertheless kind of attitude. The nevertheless kind of attitude. He wants us to trust him wholly, completely, totally in all that we do. Lay it to him. Let, you see, we need to release it to him. It's not about us using our physical mind or using some psychology to go through. But it's about him coming through. You see, they got to the point where there was no way out. There was no way any man could have saved them. So it was very clear that it was God who intervened on their behalf. And lo and behold, what happened? They entered the fiery furnace. God was there with them. Jesus was there with them. This, the king himself suddenly saw a fourth man in the fiery furnace. That's a miracle. You see, God revealed himself. It was, he was telling the king, your power doesn't match mine. No matter what you do, what I've declared to do will be done. Not a single thing, not a single misfortune mishap happened to Shadrach, Meshach, nor Abednego. Not even their hair, not their clothes. They didn't even smell of smoke or fire. So they were released. That glorified the name of our Lord and our King, our Savior. That's what God wants. He wants the glory for himself. No one else. The glory is his. He wants it for himself and himself alone. We must continue to walk in that nevertheless kind of attitude. In spite of what I see, in spite of what I know in the natural, I will do what you say. But to be able to do what God is bidding us to do, we must have our antennae tuned in so we can clearly hear his voice, his direction, because we mustn't make that mistake. There are many voices out there. Whose voice do you hear? Is it the voice of the Lord or the voice of the enemy? Because the enemy also speaks. The enemy may speak directly or the enemy may speak through people or even through certain situations and circumstances that will be very discouraging. But the thing is, whose voice do you hear? And whose report do you believe? We need to believe the report of the Lord. The Lord says this, we go with him. It's a question of trust, trusting and obeying. Trusting and obeying. He will lead us, he will guide us every step of the way. So Gideon did it afraid. He broke down the... Uh, worship place of Baal. Uh, the interesting thing. He didn't do it. He was afraid. And here's the sign of how his, his fear. Because he was afraid, 
he didn't do it during the day. He did it at night. At, at night, when not many people would be about, not many people would see what he was doing because he was afraid of being set upon if he did it during the day and being beaten, not just beaten, but actually killed because they worship Baal. And you wouldn't go there. That's the thing about pagan worship. You wouldn't go there to destroy the places of worship. They wouldn't stand by. They would lynch you. They would kill you. So he was afraid, and he acted his fear out. He didn't do it during the day. He did it at night by stealth. He came. He pulled it down. So they woke up in the morning, and they found that the place of worship had been torn down, and they were about to go and get Gideon, but they couldn't. You see, God intervened in a way, and they found themselves unable to. So if God has asked us to do something, He himself will protect us. He will protect us. He will guide us. He will lead us. You see, he builds a wall of fire around us every time and a hedge of protection. You see, because we are in him and believe in him and trust in him, we are hidden in him. And his name, the name Jesus, is a strong tower that the righteous run into and are safe. Safety in his name. Safety calling upon him. Safety being at his side. Safety doing what he's asked us to do. Because if he's directed us to do it, he himself will make a way for you and he will guide you and protect you. So Gideon tore it down. Eventually the Lord instructed him to choose people whom he would lead into war against the Amalekites and all those kites around there who were troubling the people of Israel. He chose, and God said, nope, too many. They're not ready. They're not the right type. The question is, are we the right type of people that God needs? Yes. To become the right type that God needs, you must be alert. Alert to his voice. Alert to his leading. Sensitive to his direction. Sensitive to his change. God doesn't always do the same thing. God can do things differently. He does. He changes it all the time. So if we are going down the formulaic route, thinking, oh yeah. You see, sometimes complacency can set in. This is how God has always done it. Good. Today he's decided to do it differently. Are you alert enough? Are you sensitive enough? To see the change, to hear the change. Are you sensitive, sensitive enough to walk the new direction that He's laid before us? That's what we need to be doing. And to be able to do that, we need to go into His word every day, every time, every minute. We need to hear Him at all times. So we don't miss His move. We do not want to miss His move. Because we want to be, you see, we need to get to the place where we say, I will not move if the Lord doesn't go with me. Because you know of the dangers out there. Too many dangers to go out on your own, to be out on a limb. It's like going out on a limb. Anything could happen. Any wind, contrary wind that blows can actually push you off. But you don't want that. You want its head of protection around you. You want to be sure that you're doing it right. You want to be sure that you're going the right way. So 
we must continually and continuously have that nevertheless attitude. In spite of what I see, what I hear, in spite of the challenge, the difficulties, Lord, at thy word, nevertheless, nevertheless, if this is what you're saying, I will do it. And sometimes it can be challenging because in our minds we'll be thinking, okay, God said this, I'm moving this way, so it's just going to be there, I'm done, and then back there. No, because God can say, all right, now wait, just sit. Are we prepared to sit when he says sit and wait? Are we prepared to wait for his next move, his next instruction? Or do we, after obeying that one, then just go off doing our own thing? We must remember. He won't fail us. We must be sensitive to him at all times. You see, so God told Gideon what to do in selecting or deselecting people that he would use in the army to fight against the Amalekites and all the Hittites and all those other people surrounding his people. And you see, one of the tests that he put to them was alertness. Those drinking and putting all the snout and everything. It's like having everything in the trough, isn't it? Like um, people who steal, they just go in and Everything, hands, head, nose, everything in it. They don't, they're not aware of what's going on around. They don't even care what's going on around. They're just interested in that. You see, they had to be people who were alert. I see it as a sign or symbol of who we must be as Christians, being alert. What is the voice of the Lord saying? So he had to choose people who were drinking and at the same time aware of their surroundings, looking around to see. You have to, we have to be alert at all times. That is the life that we must lead. We must have a nevertheless kind of attitude. Because God never fails. We have a God who never fails. Oh Lord, your word is forever settled. You see, if he said it, he will do it. There's a verse. I learned this many, many years ago. And I haven't forgotten it. Um, it's this Romans eight thirty one. If God be for us, who can be against us? Who you tell me? If God, the Almighty, is for you, for me, who can be against us? He's the mighty, terrible one. He's Elohim. He's El Shaddai. He's the greatest of all. Who can be against you? If he is for you, who? No one can stand him. No one. There is nothing. There is no one who compares with him. So we must take pleasure in worshiping him, being by his side at all times, or being obedient to his word every day of our lives. That is our God. You see, our God never fails. So I shall end with this again.